0: Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. It's your host, Josh Schaefer. I know you were all a little worried this week that there might not be a pod. It's been a dramatic week, but we're back. He's back from his honeymoon. My co-host, Sloan. Sloan,
1: say hi. I'm feeling good, guys. It's great to be back. It's great to be... Yeah, You know, I never thought we would have this podcast again after what happened, but we're here and... I'm happy.
0: You really made quite a mess during your honeymoon. Uh, Maybe the most free time you've had in years. So you you made the most of it by making everybody else not have a good time. We're also here with Mike Wood. Mike, back to back weeks. Say hi, Mike. Good to have you on the pod. Yeah, back by popular demand. So good to be back. I know we said we would start with the we would have the losing teams at the end of the season, but. I felt like with everything that went on this week with Sloan acting like Sloan, it would be great to have Mike on because I know there's always somebody uh, like Mike who will uh, step up to put Sloan in his place. So this was kind of the perfect uh, guest to have for this week. So thanks for coming on, Mike. And I I think it's a good transition into our first topic. Sloan, you were on a heater back-to-back weeks, just making a mess out of the league uh, and you know, your, your opinions being made heard. Why don't you give us an overview of why you are the way that you are when it comes to these issues?
1: I like being able to plan and have a strategy. And if the rules keep constantly changing without, uh, without them formally being changed, it makes it difficult to have a plan and have a strategy. And in my opinion, that makes it less fun to be in the league. Um, so that's uh, that's that's why I pursue justice
0: and fairness and try to make this league fun for everyone. So Mike is shaking his head right now, Mike, why not? I'll, I'll go. I have some thoughts, but you go you go first.
2: Uh, the rule that he was breaking had nothing to do with like planning or strategy. It was just him being a
0: stubborn ass. So, uh, yeah, what do you have to say, Josh? I mean, first off, the Sloan that the the Sloan, the rule that Sloan was complaining about this week was actually an established rule uh, about where the dues were going and how we were paying dues and, um, you know, that just that existed. So I think what happened was this week Sloan realized that the thing he was throwing a fit about was actually like something we had agreed upon. And then. Uh, he was like, oh, I don't want to be wrong two times in a row. So I need to go back and, you know, I need to get a little bit of of something else on the, the fab thing, which I, you know, I was at a concert texting Sloan for literally an hour about how to figure this out, going back and forth. And I came around on the fab thing because I was like, you know, it's never going to happen again. We found the rule that fixes it. So it's never going to be an issue. If it had continued to be an issue, I wouldn't have undone it. But, you know, because it's it's solved, then it's easier just to say like, OK, whatever. It's it's not a problem. But the, the money thing was just that one made no sense to me. Sloan, I'd love to learn a little bit more about why that was such a big deal for you on the money thing, because I think that was the most confusing point for me. I didn't even understand why you were so mad about it. I never
1: broke any rules at any point. Let's just clear that up. I the fab, I'm glad that got resolved with the advanced dues payment for p- trading a future pick. The purpose of that rule is to make sure that people have an interest in the league beyond just the current season. And what we did to fix that is to if you traded a future pick, you have to trade, you have to pay your dues for that. Next season. We have we we the people who have traded their future picks since we voted on that rule have paid up. So they do have that skin in the game. Yeah. You traded your future pick and you didn't have to send your money anywhere. So then you don't have any interest in the league. So what is gonna hold you back from quitting in the future? Hey Josh, if you, you quit yeah. you then send us <laughs> your money? For those future picks,
2: Josh. Question for you: um, When we were paying our dues collectively for uh, this year of fantasy football, who did you pay?
0: No one. I paid nobody.
1: Oh, and that's and that's correct because that's <laughs> for this season. But when we're talking about future seasons, it's a lot different. That's a weird. Line we haven't to decided to play <laughs> that season yet.
2: So, so I have to be worried about. Josh, like the most fantasy crazed person ever, quitting.
1: Mike, I started the podcast.
0: I how much more interest do I have
1: in this league? I'm the one who's pushing us to do everything. You You threatened to
2: quit within the last two weeks, like two or three times. Yeah, because this
1: league has been mismanaged.
2: Oh man.
0: I mean, I think what I've decided is. Uh, when I do quit the league randomly next year is I'm just going to (laughs) take all of the money that everyone has given me at this point. Uh, So that's my decision because I already have all of it.
2: Yeah. Don't forget to take the dues that you paid
0: yourself as well. Yes, I will. Yes. Okay. Those I've got them all. So I don't know, Sloan. It just felt kind of like a weird thing to get super. I know I, I, the only part I understood is we were really intense about you paying your dues when you traded your future pick. So I could understand like kind of having a weird vendetta after that. But you know, I think you have proven you're like the only person who has threatened to quit multiple times. So I think it's quite understandable that we view you as like the biggest liability to like be like fuck this i'm done and i don't care about what you guys say about what i should or shouldn't do that's kind of how you live your life so it would be in line with uh like you just a little stubborn i would say when it comes to some of these things what are your thoughts on that
1: i want to be in a league where we have rules and where (laughs) we vote on these rules and that we can actually have fun playing by these rules not these Made
0: up decisions that you're doing halfway in the season. The irony is you're the one creating the rule in this scenario. What it is rule not did I cre- create? You're saying I should have to pay my money to someone else for trading a future pick. That's not a rule. It doesn't. Ex- yeah, like- because if you don't, but, it, do it, that, but you can acknowledge it that it's not a rule though. It's not like anywhere. Our, in our dues rules. don't say the rule doesn't say we have to pay the dues to the commissioner. Uh, it says you have to pay your dues if you trade uh-huh. a future pick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who should you pay them to? We just put them in a third party account. Until we actually pay those dues for the season,
0: mm, okay. So, what's the point in like having a commissioner to organize the league? Then, like, if they're not the one collecting dues, I view that as a fundamental part of. Commissioners. They will collect the dues for that current season. That's I so weird. That. That's such a weird. That's not line weird because I'm draw. paying.
1: You have to pay this up front. I'm buying a membership for this season. I know I, I might not get that money back. Because I might not win or I might not place high enough to get money as an award. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm paying dues for a future year, I haven't decided to pay that year. I could quit next year and not pay those dues. So then I wouldn't have lost that money. But you traded your pick, so you would lose the money. Right. That's the point. That's why you should have to pay your dues
0: to someone else. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, under, I think it, we I don't think any of us and maybe you do Sloan and I didn't take it this way. So maybe that this is why it was less bothersome to me. I don't think we're necessarily trying to question the integrity of the individuals in the league. Um, so like, obviously, I would not just steal all your guys money. That would be like the shittiest thing I could possibly do or just like say, fuck you. I'm not going to pay and crash and burn my team, which also why would I ever? quit with the team that I have it's so I weird. was
1: a I was a little salty with
0: the whole fab situation too I know that had a lot to play into it I'm sure it did yeah because as, as soon as you were like oh I'm kind of wrong when it comes to having to pay his dues because nobody agreed with you you were like let me go back and see what I can do when it comes to the fab does does nobody agreeing with you on these issues does that have any kind of impact on how you approach the conversations
1: I think the only people who are making their voices heard in the group me are the people who are on josh your side mike your side it got bad enough where
2: austin said something so the fact that he (laughs) came up and had something to say i mean you know you've stepped a little far if that's happening
1: well and austin should be very appreciative of my
0: efforts he got 11 fab back i think he was okay but yeah you did it you did that for him that was cool of you that was definitely definitely worth it yeah no, you're for the Sloan. Let's not act nope. like the people. Definitely not true. I
1: We vote on rules, and I am okay with the rules if we vote on them. We
0: have a lot of rules that we play by that I disagree with. We have some bad rules. I would definitely agree with that. The whole way waivers are handled in the league, honestly, is is kind of a mess. I think we need to reassess. I, the idea of waivers we had in the offseason was nice, but like there's just a much simpler way to do this than how we're currently doing it. That What's the better be- way? I mean, I don't think we've encountered a single scenario through seven weeks where somebody needed access to a free agent on Sunday or Monday or before any game, especially when rosters are so deep as they are now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not really a thing anymore. So I think kind of getting rid of the opening on Sunday and Monday, I think is totally fine. I think we should just lock – uh sunday monday all players and then you know bidding starts on tuesday for you know daily i think that makes it a lot easier
1: i think we should have bidding we should have waivers every day sunday would be a bad day thursday
0: sunday would be a bad day to do bidding i think
1: why it'd be we, sunday night
0: yeah I mean, but you just there would have been you would have had to been monitoring the day game so closely if something would have happened i feel like sunday should be locked but that's just
1: my opinion. okay I don't think Monday
0: should be locked. I'll say that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think we're covered on Sloan Gate. Any any other thoughts for you, Mike? Uh, yeah. you know, Sloan, you do stress me out when this happens. I will admit it does impact my emotional well-being. That is uh, the weight you carry football.
1: for being the commissioner. Yeah. To deal with it.
0: It's the weight I carry for not caring about the league and being ready to quit. So this is uh this is Just Sloan it. being Sloan, Sloan being Sloan. It's, it's really the way that you are. And, and uh, I was showing Louise the text. Cause we were at a concert, like I was saying, so I wasn't like going to be on my phone the whole time, like, you know, whatever. And she was like, Sloan was like calling me names or whatever. And she was like, Oh, that's like not very nice. And I was like, Oh, don't worry. Last week I was calling him plenty of names, like <laughs> in front of his fiance. So it's an even balance, I think, between the two of us when we have these conversations.
1: I think we're pretty productive when it comes to those discussions. Yeah,
0: they do turn out normally pretty well. All things yeah. considered. It's just when we start going at it in public, it gets much better off to like the side. Any kind of group in public as in the group me. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 That's always a mess. I agree. All right. We're through Sloan Gate. We had a big week last week. Um, Mike. Huge performance from you coming in second overall last week. Uh, I know you're probably feeling good about that. I imagine you want the number one overall pick just a little bit, but probably don't want it to be your team. How are you feeling about your performance last week and any other thoughts on the league's performance?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't feel bad about yourself if you put up an unexpectedly high amount of points. And I'm in a weird place where I have kind of, accepted that i'm going to waffle house it would also be nice to not go but i also do want that number one pick so lots of kind of conflicting emotions uh and you know the fact that i've prepared my team for this for kind of the last two years um you know i i can't be upset with myself if i end up finishing last and um you know that's still kind of my base case for what's going to happen but yeah, interesting week with me. Um, just barely finishing in second, almost finished in first. Um, but you you gained an extra point on me, Josh. Um, outside of that, um, several really low scoring teams this week. Uh, Austin, Colin, on good, and uh, unfortunately for Colin, his slide continues. Um, and, you know, on good to a degree as well. So what? Once looked a couple of weeks ago like a clear last place finish for me is now maybe a three horse race at the bottom. Um, So I guess I might not need to get too attached to that number one pick uh, if things suddenly fall my way.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a fair question. Like, you know, if you get the number one pick, you're probably taking Bijan. Like, I would say at this point, it's likely Bijan. It would have to be some kind of miracle. he would have to fall. It would be a weird draft. I don't know, something like that for it to not happen. And in for you, you probably definitely want Bijan over the two QBs that are likely going two three. Would you rather just like get the number one pick? know you for sure locked into Bijan then like risk having to potentially go those two QBs. If you end up falling two three with you and Colin. Uh, I mean, of course I would prefer
2: Bijan, but um... The way I've been looking at it is that if I don't finish last, then I don't get Bijan, and my compensation for not getting him is not paying a credit card bill at Waffle House. So um, just trying to find the bright side. Uh, The QBs are good, of course, um, but I'm kind of set at that position, I think. So not really a pressing need. Yeah.
1: Sloan, any thoughts for you on this last week? Uh, well, I mean, just incredible with how Mike's, how well Mike's team did. Um, I still think overall kind of low scoring for everyone. Um, with outside of you two, Josh, Mike, I mean, it, and maybe even Dylan, just a lot of low scores and me going into Sunday night. I mean, I was projected low nineties. Uh, so I was a little nervous with, uh, on good and calling down there as well as I was going through, you know, 80 points, 90 points, and all that. But uh yeah, it's tough seeing the middle teams kind of flop around there because this is the point, and I think we saw it a little bit this week with the trades. This is the point in the season where those middle teams need to figure out what they're doing for the future, whether they're gonna try to commit for this season or if they're gonna start unloading their rosters to get some draft picks and I think uh, was it on good that that sort of seemed to do that this past week with the trade, um, and, and really start planning for the future. So I think uh, there's going to be a lot more separation going forward uh, throughout the rest of this season. I totally
0: yeah. agree. Oh, go ahead, Mike.
2: I was going to say, and I mean, I think it's safe to say based on on good's move, not only will we see trades that indicate somebody's rebuilding. We might see some bottom-of-the-table desperation to avoid Waffle House trades at the same time. And um, to goods credit, he kind of achieved both of those at the same time with that trade. But um, I would assume we were going to have more to come from several teams.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think the table... I think there's less parity in the league at this point than there was last year by quite a substantial margin. I think there's a pretty big gap once you get past the third team, Matt and now Tommy's team with the Jamar chase injury, you know, those two will be duking it out for the last playoff spot. I'm honestly shocked that Matt's team is still in playoff contention. I really do not think that his roster is like that much better than like in Austin or Brian at this point. I mean, Brian, obviously now with the injuries, but um, Matt, you know, somehow to continue continues to pull it out. The Johnson Juan Johnson start uh, was crazy to get 20 points out of him. Like so ballsy, but I
2: loved it at the same time. That was the perfect matchup to start him.
0: Uh, Yeah. The stars aligned on that one. It's the perfect player to start too, because you have no expectations. So if they put up like two points, you're like, yeah, whatever. But when they get 20, like, that's why I think it's also fun having a bad team because you basically have a roster full of guys that you have zero expectations for. And when they put up a good week, you're like, I am so good at this, you know, like I know exactly what I'm doing, but I don't, I don't know. His team is, is pretty weird to me. I, I, you know, honestly saved by the Kenneth Walker, you know, rise Rashad Penny injury has been a huge blessing for him in terms of potentially making the playoffs. And for him, like, it makes sense. You don't have your pick, Go, go try and make the playoffs. Don't, I don't think there's any reason to try and mortgage the future. He has decent, you know, his, most of his assets are pretty young. So there's not really much for him in terms of not trying to go for it. Can we talk about Kadarius Tony real quick? And I'm someone
1: who probably doesn't know much about him. Uh, So if you guys want to explain the impact of the trade, the actual NFL trade, I think that would be, good to cover especially with mike here with the his loaded Kansas City roster with
2: my entire Kansas City Chiefs uh roster on my team
0: uh, it just ke- it honestly the poor have gotten poorer this season and the rich have gotten richer i think is the the moral of the story for how this season has played out from like an nfl injury trade perspective that sucks i mean i there's some like twist in your mind you can put on the kadarius tony Trade going to KC. I think he's good. Um, obviously it's better for his stock. I think it hurts Wandale's stock, MBS's stock. I mean, it hurts Sky stock. It helps Wandale stock. Uh, so it hurts Sky More. You definitely don't want to see that as an owner of him. But Kadarius Tony has yet to prove he can actually stay on the field. Um, and also it, it's tough to know if the Giants just didn't like him. But as a Sky owner, Mike. It's hard to spin it in a way that feels good. I love Sky more, but that has to hurt a little bit.
2: I will try my absolute best to spin it, but I do have to admit that it's like, at best, it's net neutral. There's no way it's a positive. Um, Tony's definitely had injury problems, um, rumored to have not gotten along with two different coaching staffs now in New York. Andy Reid's a pretty straightforward guy from what you hear um so you know it's there's some indicators there that tony might be more of a um high ceiling low floor trade by the chiefs um so i don't really want to cast any doubts on my current players until we see if he can get healthy and then um you know learn the playbook and get along with this coaching staff but um the fact that they acquired him in the first place, there's no way that's positive for the other position players uh, that I have. So, um, yeah. one other thought though is that um, Juju and Hardman um, are on their last year of their contract with Kansas City. So, from a sky more perspective, that might not be the worst thing if we're thinking long term, um, but. There's at least one of my receivers is just going to be the odd man out and get squeezed out if everybody's healthy.
0: Yeah, and, and and truly too, watching the I think Pat Mahomes said at the beginning of the season that it would be like every week. It's a different receiver on the Chiefs. I don't think any of us really thought that was going to be true. Like we figured one guy would be good. Juju's had a, la- a good last couple weeks you know, maybe some fluky touchdowns, we would say, if you watch the games, but still good performances. And, you know, everybody gets some fluky scores. But I think it's been weird to see that it actually has been pretty week to week. And that really, Kelsey is the only reliable receiving player on that team.
2: Yeah, Yeah. he was completely accurate. It has been third string tight ends, fifth string wide receivers. They incorporate all three running backs It is truly everybody on the offense is a potential touchdown scorer.
0: Cool. Well, any other thoughts on this week's results? We had a lot of trades this week, so I think we should spend some time there. Uh, Cause we have like four pretty big ones to get through actually all involving me. So <laughs> kind of convenient that that did
1: happened. Do we, uh, we want to mention waivers at all before we get into the trades chronologically? Mm yes we should so many bids on so many players this week yes wait 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 wait. i might be looking at the wrong week
0: uh the big one was sam ellinger i think every single person put in a bid on him i think there were two that didn't and Um, ellinger
2: is that a a soft g or a hard g
0: (laughs) ellinger is it i don't know is it i don't actually know how to pronounce his name i
2: think it's
1: ellinger
0: i think it is yeah that's what i've heard the most of lately yeah, it, I honestly can't believe uh, not going all in on this makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't understand. Did you text Tommy Sloan to like see how much he was going to bid? Because it feels weird that you only outbid Brian.
1: So I will, I'll go through my thought process real quick. I looked at the fab amounts for the whole league and I saw that I had the second highest and that Tommy was the only one who had the highest. And. I texted him maybe a day or two before waivers processed, and then I asked him if he was going to bid on him. Tommy gave me like some vague answer. So I'm like, yeah, of course he's going to bid on him. And then he brought up week 14 about Tommy having all of his quarterbacks on bye. But did we determine that the Colts have week 14 bye? They do. as so well? He yep. didn't help. Okay. So we had miscommunication about that. Um, but I thought to myself, okay, if Tommy bids, If Tommy bids, he's either going to bid lower than several other league owners because he doesn't understand how much Ellinger is worth right now in terms of fab, or he's going to bid his entire fab budget or a dollar more than what I have, most likely. So I told myself, if I bid everything that I have and Tommy goes super low, then I'm wasting the amount, the excess, the difference between the amount that Brian has in the amount that I actually bid since I would have only needed to bid a dollar above Brian. So I said, I'll, I'll risk it. There's no way Tommy's going to bid like 700 for some, like He's either going to do all of it or a lower number. So that's why I only bid a buck above what Brian had just so I could save that extra fab in case I did win and Tommy bid a little lower. But I was honestly surprised as many people bid as they did just because I figured most of the people, would realize that the guys with more fab would would actually spend that fab that they had, but we were – I was partly wrong with Tommy, but anyway.
2: Yeah, I kind of see – I kind of have two points that kind of defend Tommy's position, but then two points that, uh, you know, kind of criticize him for not going all in. You know, thinking of why it might have made sense to not um, – do what you can to acquire Ellinger. The week 14 thing, Tommy, if he's truly focused on just this season with this waiver move, he would not be helping his cause with week 14 being a bye week for his QBs. So he's not improving that fact by bidding on him. And then the other point just being that the Colts have had multiple multiple opportunities now to start Sam Ellinger at some point. Um, And if they did, that would probably reflect their belief in him but the fact that they've waited till this point kind of casts doubt on whether they really believe in him. On the other hand, though, you should always be trying to acquire a QB who is going to get an extended run for a team. Even if he's, even if he's young or unproven, um, you know, quarterbacks are gold in this league. And this is the easiest way to acquire one that even has a 1% chance of, of hitting. Um, And So I have conflicting views. I I'm a little more neutral on it than you guys are, I think, but.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I think I would, I think I would have gone all in to, to do it. Um, Just a QB is worth so much, you know, even I, I mean, in one of my, in my other dynasty league, I just traded uh, a second for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I Mm -hmm. think it, you know, that's like not a, not a great player by any stretch. So it's, I I think you could easily get a second out of a team that needed a QB later this year, whether it be Austin or somebody else that suffers an injury. So from that perspective, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have Ellen Ellinger right now over Malik Willis Ritter, uh, Mm -hmm. basically any of those guys. So that's kind of how I evaluate it. Would, um, would it be worth it to, you know, would you pay all of your fab for a late second round pick? I definitely would. So, right. That's, that's my thought.
1: Yeah. I like seeing Austin swoop in there and pick up Kyle Trask too for Tampa Bay. Just, you know, next season, if he ends up being the starter, that's not a bad pickup. I, I love it.
0: There's some smoke in Tampa. Yeah. I like the Dearness Johnson pick too, Mike. I didn't even realize he was a, a free agent. Like I definitely would have put some money on him, especially with my running back situation the way it is.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's get into some of your trades.
0: Yes, let's do it. The meeting is running out of time. We have eight minutes left, so we have a hard cutoff. Are we certain it'll actually cut it? I think it's going to cut it. I can upgrade to pro, but uh, ah, okay. I don't. I don't think I want to do that. I don't. It's not when I click on it it doesn't even bring anything up. So.
1: All right, well, <laughs> it Probably. might just end it and then yeah, we'll we'll uh, do a
0: separate meeting for yep. for or we'll
1: do another one if we need to. with my pro editing skills, I can splice them together. I'm sure you can. Worry. it'll
0: be seamless. or we could do like a part one part two kind of thing like that would be kind of cool a, yeah. a first for the the Mike interview. Okay, four trades this week, all involving my team. trade one, Elijah Moore for Khalil Herbert. A 2024 20, second that is mine, and a 2025 20, third that is also mine. Let me tell you my thoughts behind this trade. This is a pure process trade for me. Elijah Moore, the college production profile off the charts. The process would say he is going to be a good NFL player. He played well last year, had enough production to prove that. Khalil Herbert, a good running back, sixth round pick. Stuck in a timeshare right now. Bad pass blocker. I kind of view him like an elite handcuff almost. I don't think he'll ever have uh, a true starting opportunity. And there will be endless rumors about having the starting opportunity because he leads the league in yards per carry. I think my 24 second likely going to be late. Nobody knows. Um, And then 2025 third, third round pick, whatever, especially two years out. I don't really view that as much. So purpose of that was just to get a player. I know I like I view my team almost as like a home for broken NFL players where you can come and rehab on my bench and then hopefully uh, come produce. We've got Ridley, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore now. Um, Basically, the team of cryptic tweets is how I would view my wide receivers on the bench. So I felt good about that one. Maybe a bit of an overpay on my end. Um, but I like Elijah and I think it's maybe the cheapest I'm going to be able to get him in the near future. So that was my thoughts.
1: Mike, I think you're probably the better person to give your comments on this trade. I don't know much about either of the players or the picks for that matter. I think it's just
2: a pretty neutral trade. Um, Players involved aren't going to make or break a a person's season, but um, yeah, just kind of a matter of who you believe in and, uh, I know Brian's high on Elijah Moore as well, but um, just a pretty solid neutral trade. Not much comments for me on that one.
0: All right, cool. cool. On to the next one. Trade two, me and Austin. I've been asking about Diggs for a long time, a few weeks at this point. This week, he finally texts me, hey, Metcalf, Pickens, 23 first for Diggs. Hard no on that trade. I am big on Pickens, you know. And I'm big on Metcalf too. Metcalf is obviously very good. But I figured he wouldn't just do Pickens in a first because Austin's not as much of a like potential guy when it comes to trades, which I don't blame at all. So we land on Metcalf and Tommy's 2023 first, likely to be mid to late, um, depending upon what happens for him the rest of the season. For me, the thought process here was, Okay. I, I believe Diggs 29 about to be 29. I believe three more years of good to great production from him is a reasonable expectation. You know, Metcalf has been good ish this year. um, But there's no like elite QB play on the horizon. I feel like he could get kind of stuck in like the DJ Moore zone of like, Hey, this guy's really good, but he's just being like a wide receiver two to wide receiver three that you can't consistently play. I think that pick will definitely become a good player, but I also felt like I I needed a little bit more of elite play on my team. You know, in a 10-team league, you really need to consolidate assets. So I felt like Diggs was a good fit for me. I think this was maybe a bit of an overpay as well on my end to give a Metcalf in a first. I think that's a lot of compensation when you consider Metcalf's age. What were your guys' thoughts? Objectively,
1: objectively just looking at the trade, you definitely overpaid but when you factor in your circumstances, you're trying to win now and this is a win now trade. And I think if you do end up winning this season, great trade. And if you're still competitive next season, still great trade. Um, But I, I think Austin should be really happy with what he received.
2: Yeah, I, I would echo that. Um, I think it's very even when you consider the team profiles uh, both teams in the trade. So once again, surprisingly me praising the neutrality of a Josh trade.
0: I'm not an unreasonable person anymore. I like to think I've turned over a new leaf in that I can get to a point of neutrality, right? I'm not going to start neutral on the first offer, but it's not like Austin started neutral on his first offer either. Right. We eventually get to a point of neutrality. I
2: could be wrong, Josh, but I think we have done a good job of tampering down our weird, just crazy trade offers. And now we only really text each other those. It's like we get them out of our systems to each other. And then to the rest of the league, we're a little
0: more reasonable. I agree with that. And I think for me, it's because I know basically nobody else will respond to stupidity except for you. So, you know, and it's just for fun at this point. I think we both know it's just like just a shit talk. So. It works out. Yep. All right. Two minutes left. Two trades left. (laughs) Next one was actually a huge one. Jalen hurts. Michael Thomas for Dak Mills. My 2023 first and 2024 third and a 2025 fourth and Deonta Foreman. All right. 15 seconds. Go Josh. QB upgrade. I think Jalen hurts. Rest of the season locked in top three quarterback and fantasy purposes. Dak's been spotty. Uh, on that offense coming off an injury um, and then I just can't quit Michael Thomas I love the upside he still has not practiced in five weeks but uh, if he comes back I think he's an elite asset to have I mean he proved that in the first three weeks of this year so I like a little bit of the upside I realized after the trade it hurt my running back depth but (laughs) I still think it was a uh, it was a good trade for my end I I should have kept Foreman was the piece but I know Angad wanted him so I think Dak plus a first for Jalen Hurts is a generous offer. So him getting Mills as well, I think, is icing on the cake.
1: Yep. Another win now trade for you. Uh, You have two top six quarterbacks. That's really valuable to have, especially this season. Yep. Hit the nail on the head with the running back depth. But uh, when we get into the next trade, we'll talk about that a little bit. Mike? When in doubt, call up your uh, AAA affiliate
2: and uh, stock up.
0: This is a fair trade, Michael. This is a very fair one.
2: I I said I liked On Good's reasoning to an extent, um, what he accomplished with this trade, but I still think he's just buying two one-year rentals with Mills and Foreman. Um, I I just think he could have gotten better assets in some form or fashion. Fair enough.
0: All right, last trade, Kareem Hunt for Curtis Samuel. Uh, Makes sense for both Colin and I's team. I like a little bit of RB depth. Curtis Samuel is younger, likely to get more production out of him. Kareem Hunt stuck. I know there's trade rumors floating around him, but you can never count on those. So I was glad to get another RB that I can start in by weeks and, you know, can expect to maybe get 10 points a week.
1: Yep. I was really confused why you did this trade. And then I realized that.
0: Yeah. So as Sloan was saying, a bit of a surprising trade, um, but I think it's kind of like a, a – I, I, I like the trade for Collins' team personally. Curtis Samuel, I think, is a more reliable starter for him. And he doesn't, like, need the RB depth at this point. Um, He's got Henderson, Jamal Williams, uh, and Miles Sanders. I think those are three fine running backs to have. So, a good enough trade for him, in my opinion. Mike, I know you and I had been talking about a trade for Gus Edwards – What did you think about this move for Colin and my team this week?
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Colin being one of the few teams who I think everybody could agree has actual meaningful running back depth, um, even if they aren't just the highest end of running backs, he's still got a good roster running backs. So he made sense as a a trade partner for this one. Um, You know, in terms of Gus Edwards, I still think he – holds value for a team that's wanting to make the playoffs uh, such as yourself. Um, but, you know, I, I was going to compromise on the prize on the price that I wanted to charge um, just because you're able to find a, a different trade partner. So um, I think it's a good deal for you in terms of not having to pay overpay for Gus Edwards and then, um, you know, getting a, a meaningful asset in return. Um, just a, another neutral even Josh trades, so you're on a roll.
0: Four in a row, baby. Four win-win trades. I think across the league. This me where for me this week, where the team I traded with I think benefited from it. Um, but I gave up to 2023 first this week, so this was really the the move on from the draft week for me, which um, is sad. You know, I was looking at the rankings a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. like. Ugh, I'm gonna be stuck with just Angut's pick, which is obviously gonna be an elite asset. I'm, you know, that's a fun one, but when you only have one, like you really need it to hit, um, you know. And so, it'll be interesting come come draft season if I want to stick with this likely top three pick. I think the odds he falls out of the top three are probably pretty, pretty low at this point. But I'm just hoping for. You know, I think any of the top five picks I'd be pretty happy with this year. Those are kind of my that's kind of my cutoff in the top five for where I think it's valuable. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt. I don't know if he gets traded, that would be sick. I just feel like it's likely not going to happen. Um, There's just been way too many trade rumors circulating this year. I feel like I've noticed it way more this year than I did last year. Just about everybody being tied to some kind of trade rumor. DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Kadarius, Tony every Patriots wide receiver and running back like Kareem hunt, every so many players are being tied to trade offers, but it's just the stupid dynasty community that tweets that shit out. So it's not actually real NFL stuff, but yeah. Exciting enough.
2: A large net gets cast, but you know, only a certain percentage actually do end up uh, becoming trades.
0: Totally. All right. All right. Those are the trades for the week. Four of them, four big ones, all involving me. I love it when I'm the person involved in the trade because anytime it's somebody else, I get a lot of anxiety seeing like a trade has been completed notification. Like you're always scared about what just happened. So it's nice to be in the driver's seat for all four of them that happen. I'm sure that happens with you, Michael. When you see my name pop up after not hearing anything, you're like, oh fuck, what just happened? Like, am it's I still sure going be- fun? It's
2: more fear of the unknown than even fear of somebody else getting better as a team. Yeah. You just want to make sure there wasn't like a crazy deal that you missed out on, you know, why you missed out on it. If that was the case.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't think our league is really like a shop a player kind of league. Like there's a couple of people who will always text when you're wanting to trade a player, but for the most part, you have to be super intentional about pursuing someone. and then you know like it's for some teams it's weeks of hassling and and they're not going to be like oh what's another better deal i can get somewhere else just because i think it, it just takes a lot of time in our league to align on a, a certain player's value especially when you're trying to trade for like a good asset or, or even a bad asset i feel like they're hard to align on value for so yeah not not nothing you had well, to really be scared of this week mike
2: i'm glad to see it i it's good for my heart health
0: cool all right well on to the reason you're on the podcast today you know we've talked about your team a little bit obviously you're tied for last place right now with ongood i don't think you would have even thought that you would have been tied with ongood at this point in the season i you know i don't think he would have been your guest i don't think you would have guessed colin would have been in the bottom 3 at the start of the year it's been a bit of a roller coaster you know, and basically all upside for you this year. I think maybe the worst thing is that now you kind of have your hopes up that you might not be going to Waffle House. I know you're trying to like accept it and live in it, but I think when it still stays a little tight at the bottom, you're like, oh, maybe I can swing this and not have to go, which I think may honestly be a worse thing when it comes to mental preparation. How are you feeling about your team right now?
2: So as good of a, as good of a performance as I got out of my team this past week, you just look at the names and I have a few kind of heavier bye weeks coming up. It will get back to being a very poor team very quickly. So in that sense, I I think this, this moment in time makes it look like I might be a little more competitive than I actually am. Um, But I'd say two to three weeks from now, we'll be looking at myself with another, you know, five six point gap between myself and the the second to last team so um you know as designed though so uh that's no shocker but um i I do think this little rally of mine is short-lived
0: i would tend to agree with you i mean this week you're out base all of your chiefs players no no gerald everett and joku getting hurt actually is a pretty significant blow he's been quite a productive tight end this year. Um, You know, Rashad Penny and Trey Lance on IR, you have had horrible, horrible injury luck. I also feel I want to use this opportunity to shout out Brian for, without a doubt, having the most unlucky team this year. It has been disgusting. Almost everything that has happened in the NFL has had a negative impact on Brian's team in one way, shape, or form. But Mike, you also haven't avoided that, which is kind of why I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the poor getting poorer. I know you have nine draft picks, but I don't think you would have foreseen all these injuries coming through. And, you know, I think your rookie picks kind of have been okay. Probably not. You know, it's a little too early to tell. We're only seven weeks in, so you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But I think two weeks in, you were like, oh, Wilson, automatic hit like this looks insane. Now he's kind of cooled off a little bit with Zach Wilson back at the helm. How are you feeling about how your draft went seven weeks into the season?
2: Uh, I actually do feel pretty good. Um, And I do want to say I go go into these, uh, not only our last rookie draft, but the ones I'm accumulating picks for in the future, I force it into my brain that not every single one is going to hit something like a 50 to 60% hit rate is really good um, and is what, what I should really be targeting given how many picks I have but I mean I think you're probably you might be able to make the claim the sky more is probably my worst draft pick so far not in, not only in terms of value but just actual performance compared to all of my other uh, uh, players that I drafted but I'm really happy with my later rounds Taekwon Thornton Alec Pierce, Brian Robinson, um, they all seem to be indicating that they're going to be fantasy irrelevant in years going forward and not just a guy who gets cut after his rookie year. And then um, Garrett Wilson, yeah, kind of uh, great talent on the wrong team sort of situation, in my opinion. Um, I know we have similar thoughts about Elijah Moore, uh, given that he's on the same team. Um, but then you look at Jamison Williams, injured for probably most of the year. So, you know, jury will be out until next year. Um, and so, you know, largely it's wait and see, but for the most part it's yeah across the board.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of where your whole team is at at this point, just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. It's, uh, yeah, Sky is probably your, you know, Sky and Jameson, and it's just so hard to make it a verdict at this point. I feel like the only – in my opinion, the only two draft picks you actually feel really good about right now are Kenneth Walker and Alave. I mean, Brees Hall was great, don't get me wrong, but now being injured and James Robinson and Michael Carter being in that backfield, you assume Brees Hall comes back in a year and takes the reins, but those ACL injuries can be lug- ugly as we've seen with Dobbins this year. It's really unpredictable. Um, I know you and I were talking about it, and I was like, if we were redoing the draft right now, I would take Alave first overall, um, and I know you were pretty surprised by that. Um, any changes you would have made in your rookie draft at this point, kind of seeing where the players have fallen? Uh, you know, What might you have done a little differently?
2: Uh, of course, I might have done something different than Skywar at that pick. Maybe that's a George Pickens or a Kenny Pickett. Um, but I'm still even fine with my trade uh, that I did with Brian, where he got pick number nine and uh, scooped up Kenny Pickett. I, I got Alec Pierce, uh, Valdez Scantling out of that, and another pick. So, um, you know, not the worst for me given how they are producing. Um, I wouldn't change a ton. Of course, there are players at each spot that I could have picked that would have been better than who I had, but. I'm pretty happy with my kind of projected hit rate.
0: Yeah. I think it's gone. Yeah. As well as you could, as, as about as well as you could hope it's, it's so, it, it's way too early to tell at this point. point, seven weeks in, nobody has even traded for a single rookie at this point in the season. Um, so I think everybody's still kind of just feeling it out, trying to get an understanding of what happened. So I don't blame you. Maybe just one more question when it comes to your team, and then I'll let you share any additional thoughts you have. I know you mentioned you're mentally prepared for the Waffle House. Uh, Like, you know, you're going to be there. Have you started thinking strategy at this point, uh, getting into it, or do you still feel like it's a bit early to think about how you're going to approach 24 hours in a Waffle House?
2: I am very confident I'll be at Waffle House, but I have not thought about strategy. Generally, I'm kind of just good at eating a lot in a short amount of time so um, you know i'm sure i'll have a, an idea in mind when the time comes closer but uh generally the task does not sound like something i need to have a true minute by minute game plan for
0: gotcha okay that sounds good makes sense I, I i wouldn't blame you any other thoughts you have on your team that you want to share
2: Um, this might be letting out a little strategy that people could use against me, but um, I think the one obvious thing, if you look at my roster and team overall is I knew I do need to consolidate a few picks. Um, that includes 2023 and the years following. Um, but it's, it's one of those where I have tons of cuttable players, but you still have to look at the roster and say you don't want to cut every single player to make room for um, draft picks. So that's kind of the one uh, overarching narrative that I take for my team going into the rest of the, the season is that only to find some creative ways to consolidate picks, kind of how you said you were doing with some of your trades. So not a huge deal, um, but it's just something that every league member should expect to see out of me going forward.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting offseason for you to see how that ends up going. Cause you you don't want to sell for nothing. Players like Nico Collins, Noah Fant, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, obviously Ripen, whatever. He's automatically off in Hunley. I would say both those guys are automatically off the team. But nine picks and the teams that still have their first round pick at this point, I think they're gonna be really hard to get in a, in a kind of consolidation trade that you would be happy with the outcome of it so that'll be a little tough yeah.
2: yeah I mean there are a half dozen players on my team who are cuttable so I don't mind being a little ruthless with my cutting this time around just because I'll keep it real with people that um, a good amount of my players are cuttable but um, yeah I'll just have to get creative once or twice and just find the right situation.
0: Indeed. All right, I've got a few minutes to talk power rankings. Matt sent some out today. Uh big change for me seeing me at the very tippy top, which I think we might expect after trading away to 2023 first. I would hope that would move me to number 1 in the power rankings. Mike's still sitting at the bottom. Any other thoughts on the power rankings for this week? Not
2: a ton. I thought uh, Matt probably lined them up in order correctly. Um, in my opinion, still just you and Dylan at the top of truly the true contenders. Then you have two to four teams as true playoff contenders underneath you guys. Um, and then, you know, the bottom of the, the table has kind of clearly identified itself at this point. So um, at this point, I, I think it's about people less preparing their team to make a big surge up the power rankings or up the table. Now it's preparing their team to make a playoff run. uh, Should they be one of those that does make it.
0: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how a team like Dylan's, you know, who has some picks has some optionality in terms of making his team better. I think in consolidating if he's actually willing to organize a move. Cause I think, his team is good for sure, um, but I don't think he has the absolute studs. Um, he has in a great depth and a, and a high quality of depth, and you know, getting Deshaun Watson later this year I think will likely be helpful versus who he's starting, but I think it'll be interesting to see what he does there. And then Tommy with Jamar Chase out, does he end up you know making some moves as well to still push to contend? Because with a three-week final this year, a three-week playoff, I think it's going to be a lot – I think there'll be a lot more randomness. It's just not a very long time to kind of get everyone together, especially with getting two extra points for winning uh, a week versus third. So if you can win two weeks, I mean, you pretty much guarantee yourself uh, the championship. So it'll be a pretty big deal once we get there.
2: Yeah. And the fun part is that trade deadline comes before uh, the playoffs start. The trade deadline
0: will be a big deal this year. I think week 10 is so early, like, yeah. People have to call
2: their shop pretty early this time. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll have a few head scratching moves, but people will feel like they have to make them. And that's just kind of the way it is. Agreed.
0: All right. Well, Mike, I need to drop. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the pod, a special two parter. Um, but we look forward to this week. Thank you for all your involvement in putting the table together every week. Hopefully you'll be on again soon.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Bye.